father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is episode 270. Today we have Coach Richard Robinson. He's a head softball coach at Norco High School from 2000 to the present. He also was head coach, softball coach at Centennial Corona from 1994 to 1998. What an amazing record. He has 629 wins, seven CIF Southern Section Championships, three California state titles, two national softball titles, 2013 state coach of the year, 2018 extra inning softball national coach of the year, 2019 USA Today national coach of the year. In 2000, from 2010 to 2019, he was the extra inning softball national coach of the decade. Coaches, he's going to talk about what it took to develop a winning softball tradition at Norco High School in California. So let's welcome Coach Richard Robinson. All right, coaches, say welcome back to episode 270 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Hey, we got a special guest today. As you know, coaches, uh, I have... You know, Coach, I have a lot of listeners that are uh, basketball coaches on that, but I always like to bring in the best of the best. And we got a today we got Richard Robinson. He's a head girls softball coach at Norco High School in California, man. We got, a, I mean, unbelievably nationally rated coach, great program. So, Coach, we're so excited to have one of the best of the best softball coaches on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. All right, coaches. Hey, uh, before we get into, uh, you know, building how to build a winning tradition, which all coaches can learn how to do, uh, Richard, kind of share on, you know, give a little biography of, of where you grew up, how you got started in the coaching and uh, some of the key people that influenced you. All right. Well, um, I'm um, Corona um, Norco. It's all one little area together. Um I've lived in the same basically 20 mile radius area for all 57 years of my life. So I haven't, haven't been too far. <laughs> um, I actually um, got into coaching um, when uh, my sister, I played football and baseball through high school and everything. Um, but um, I got into coaching when my sister, who is almost 10 years younger than I am, and my dad, my dad, had a professional baseball career that didn't go quite the way he wanted. So he was a little tough on us as, as kids when we were playing and my sister and him couldn't get along. So um, they were fight all the time. And she had a lot more talent than I did as a player. Um, she went on to be an all American a couple of times in college. And um, so, but I started when she was, I think about 13 and um, I thought, okay, I'll coach for a year or two um, high school and then travel ball. And now we're looking, let's see, that would have been 1989. So we're, you know, talking a few years past that. Right. So, right. Um, and then just, you know, one thing leads to another, but um, started with the travel ball teams and I got lucky enough to, um, she was playing for some really good teams. So I got to coach with some of the top um, travel coaches in the country at the time, the Orange County Batbusters, um, which was one of the top teams at the time and the athletics out of Southern California. And I just sat back and I learned, um, you know, picked up everything I could and you learn more and more as time goes along. Um, I didn't try to jump into it too much and think I know everything I wanted to really, really learn, but because she was such a good player and I got to go help out with those good programs, you know, I got really lucky being um, around that level of coach. She was also at the time at Cor going towards Corona high school and, um, they needed someone to call pitches um, for the for the high school team, and 
Corona was the Inland Empire, which again, we're about um, 20 miles east of Anaheim, mm-hmm. California. And um, Corona was in that area, one of the top teams around. But um, so I went in, I called pitches and we won the um, Southern section title the first and second year I coached her. So that was kind of a unique thing, actually sure. coaching my sister. Um, now she's moving forward. She's one of my coaches now. And she's been with me for almost 20 years between my time at Centennial and my time at um, Norco. Uh, so, but they have one of the best organizational coaches um, about um, administrative part at Corona High School. So I was able to pick all those things up too. I really kind of modeled, but um, what Joanne Bird told me at Corona High was take what works for you and use it. What doesn't throw it away. You can't be me. You mm-hmm. can't try to be somebody you're not. So um, I coached there for a couple of years. I then went on and coached at UC Riverside. And then um, a job opened at Centennial High School. And that was my first head coaching job in 1994. Uh, I thought, you know, they had, they had had some good years. They made it to, you know, they made it to the playoffs each year, but hadn't got past the first round. Um, I went in and the first year we went to the semifinals and then we won it our third year. Wow. Quick. So quick, you know, I mean, so it was, it was one of those, it was, um, so, you know, kind of grows on you, you know, winning is contagious. You, you know, you like, you know, um, I was there for five years. Um, I was still, I was working, I'm um, still a policeman at the time. Um, I retired from the police department, um, medically. And so I took a year, finished my teaching credential and, but I took that year off and decided I wanted a new challenge. And that's when I went to um, Norco in the 99-2000 school year. Um, right. I've been, I've, and then I've been at Norco um, starting in 2000. We won our first title in 2003 from a third place team, but we got hot at the end. And um, it's kind of just grown from there, especially since about 2010. Um, 2000, since 2000, so the last 12 seasons, um, we have made the Southern section final and we don't do a, this year we'll do a full state only football and basketball really do a state right now because, right. but our section has over 600 schools in it. Whew. So, um, and, um, but we won, um, we have made that Southern section division one final, um, nine times in the last 12 years, um, winning six of them. So, um, and, you know, I mean, it, it's a whole combination of players, but, you know, as I told you before we started recording that um, I have, I have, um, since I've been at Norco, um, my assistant, Dave Anginet, he's been with me all 23 years. My sister, who was with me at Centennial, when we won the title in um, 96. She had moved to Denver with her family for a while, but then she came back and she's been now with us for 18 years. Um, so it's a family, it's a family affair. We, the, sure. We don't step on each other's toes. I'm head coaching title. Um, um, they, if they kind of out, I'll make a final decision, but if they kind of, if they outrank me or if they, if it's two against one, we'll take their opinion and go with that. <laughs> exactly. Also yeah. being my sister, you know, that, that, that's a whole different dynamic um, that, you know, right. we, um, the girls are actually more afraid of her than they are me. She's kind of mom. Um, we have a little saying that happy Beth is happy teen, you know, right. you know, so uh, but she's, uh, and that's what we've grown into. It's, 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 it's a family. We've had a few people join us over the years. Um, you know, different guys like parents. Um, Dave, actually his daughter came through, but um, two guys that had multiple national titles as travel coaches came in and helped us. But what they were really good. And we talked, we sat them down. If you can't, you know, they weren't at practice every day because they worked out of the area. They just brought some energy, but they never tried to put their input in. They did, you know, they would talk to us if we asked them, but they didn't try to come and say, hey, you should do this or try to change anything. They were really good at, even though they were head coaches for a long time, they understood that role of, you know, hey, let's make everyone better. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, coach, I, I love that. And and I want to I want to kind of bring up something because I know that th- there must be kind of a talent code in softball because it, you can coach to, to your blue in the face, but it, the talent code, the great book, the talent code says there's certain areas of the country, uh, whether that's soccer or basketball, 
that have a certain talent code that are really talented kids. Is that true? And you guys had are very fortunate to bring that talent out in that area. Is softball really inbred in that particular in your particular area? In Southern California. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have it also in Florida and Texas, but Southern California probably is still the hotbed. It's it's growing around the country. From when I first started, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, California dominated everything. Right. But it has really grown around the country with you know, with the more colleges getting the softball program and um, ESPN and other outlets covering, it's really grown. Yeah. I mean, like last year, they actually, you know, had higher ratings than the, um, you know, than the baseball World Series did. Oh, it's big. Yeah. For and sure. for the World Series, they actually kept the World Series and put um, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN too. So softball, right. for that growing. Um, also, been really lucky to have the kids we've had. In the 23 years we were counting it, um, we've had 119 um, signed Division One scholarships. Um, last year, uh, you know, um, one of our players from last year was named. She was a um, sophomore at Oklahoma, which won the national title, and she right. was the NCAA National Catcher of the Year, Kenzie Hansen. And she's going to the U.S. Um, uh, U.S. National tri um, Tryouts, you know, in, in a couple weeks. But right. yeah, but. We've been really spoiled, but no, this is, there's some great softball here. Yeah. And is that through, is that started, you know, through the, through the, the feeder programs, your travel teams, how do you organize that? Cause I know out here in Georgia coach softball has grown tremendously. Matter of fact, I have basketball players that play. It's hard to get them during for basketball because they play, play travel ball all year round. I mean, all year round. Uh, is it that big out there? Is that is that a key to the development of your program? It has to be, right? Absolutely. I mean, and I think one of the things, um, because when I did this, I actually asked my assistant coaches, how did we build this? Because, you know, it's really, you know, you think back, it's like, it's just now, you know, what you do. But um, you can't, um, you've got to work with the travel kids, I mean, you know, and the travel coaches. I mean, I coach travel, which helps. So I know a lot of them. But they also, travel coaches will recommend they come to our school because they know what they get when they come here. We're going to play um, different rating groups. Um, it was ESPN for a while, then USA Today. Um, there's an extra in softball, all that. Say, traditionally, we play one of the tough, 10 toughest schedules in the country every year. Because we, right. I mean, I'm a firm believer the only way you actually get better is to play the best. And... But we also have my sister who was an All-American, but even at 47, she can get everybody out still. You know, she'll pitch right. live. Um, the other right. coach did. So they're, they actually get live pitching every day if it's not That's against our, our pitchers, against the two coaches. So every day they'll get like 80 or 90 swings, you know, at every practice. So they're getting a lot. But yeah, we also have to understand that during travel season, you can't say, okay, no, we're doing all these high school things. you got to share with the travel teams. I do wish they would be play other sports. Like we, one of our star pitchers who graduated in 2019 or 2020, actually, who's now at the University of Washington, she played basketball also. Um, and yeah. it was a really good mix. Um, I think it's good, even, even where you have, one is a job. When you play travel too much in any sport, it becomes a job. So it's nice to have that other sport to just kind of take, um, you know, ha have fun again. I think sometimes they lose the fun of the game and that's something we really try to, you know, to do. Coach, um, Tony Wolf, I mentioned, we, we were talking before, a coach's great legendary coach out here at Buford High School. He mentioned to me the difference between travel and high school. He says that, that how he's built his program, yeah, all his kids play travel, but he said at high school level, they can get, I think college coaches need to get evaluate us more, evaluate kids more because it's the academic side. It's they have to be on time. There's more discipline at the high school where they got to do more things um, that the coaches can see them in different environments. Whereas travel ball, it's all about just playing. Um, matter of fact, he talked about his weight room. They're big in the weight room. They don't do that in travel ball. So there's more involved, don't you think, uh, kid on a high school program? Absolutely. I mean, and when I, when the college coaches um, will call me, they um, aren't too concerned about talking about the player's athletic ability. They want to know how they do going from the classroom to the field. 
Um, if they had a bad day, how are they, you know, around everybody? Right. We had a transfer that moved from one area into our area a couple of years ago, Sarah, that, that went to Washington. And they want to know, how did she come into the program? How was, you know, you know, how did she assimilate with the team and everything else? That's what they were more concerned about. So I think both have a role. The travel and high school, it's two different animals. I've always said in travel, you're playing for yourself to get the scholarship for in high school, you're playing for the name on the shirt. Right. You know, that, and that's, that's a big that's, point. Yes, yes. Because at the end of the day, there, people aren't always going to remember if you want a travel title. But those banners for high school or, you know, or college, they always, they're always there. Right, right. Coach, talk about, let's talk about your program and how you have built such a winning consistency. Uh, and that's an understatement. Um, talk about some of your core values. Um, you know, is it, is it fundamentals? Is it discipline? Is it integrity? What are some of your core values in your program? It's, um, it's, it's basically all of them. I mean, it's um, fundamentals. When we talk, when we, if we're talking the softball end of it, um, I see a lot of coaches who try to do, you know, 10 different defenses or we have two defenses. We only have five offensive signs. You know, it's we're, we have that old system of here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it very well. Can you stop us? And that's the idea behind it. We're going to play our game. Not that we don't go out and look at, you know, who an opponent is or anything like that. Um, but we are very also when you talk of the discipline part, it's it's a real simple thing. Um, it's be on time, you know, respect your teammates. Um, and just do the right thing. If you think it might bother somebody, don't say it. You know, don't do anything you're not willing to, to do yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, don't tell somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Um, but we also let the kids be part of it. You know, we'll, um, they're part of the, um, you know, what um, the rules. We let them try to enforce them first, especially with our leadership. We also, um, we also tell them you're earning a job every day. It's not there, you know, yeah, you may be a returner and it may be in our mind, your job to lose, but I don't care if I tell them every year, 15 new freshmen come in, I'll cut every one of you and take off 15 freshmen if they're mm. better. You know, right. you have to earn that job every day. Just because you got it once doesn't mean you're going to have it forever. And we've been really good about players passing it down. You know, um, they want to make everybody better, you know, and, and, you know, we actually give our seniors when, and usually we've, oh, we haven't ever had a, a winning team that didn't have a couple freshmen on it, you know? So we always have starting freshmen usually. Um, and we, but we kind of assign them to a returning starting senior and go, okay, this is your freshman. And you, you know, you take them under your wing and they want to build a legacy and they want to keep that going. Um, the other part is we make it fun. I mean, um, other programs on campus will go to, what do you do? And I go, well, one, we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> um, we don't practice very long. Our practice usually runs about an hour and a half. Right. We, I will show them the practice plan before the game or before the practice day and go, Hey, we can accomplish this an hour and a half or three hours. It's up to you. And everything we do has a softball reason behind it. We do our conditioning during like infield outfield. We do it with base runners on and that's their conditioning at the same time. We also play a game called perfect softball, where if you drop a ball, you, you know, get a sprint to the fence and maybe do a few burpees, you know, but so don't drop the ball. <laughs> um, but also right after Thanksgiving, we also, um, we, we haven't touched a softball since the, the week before Thanksgiving. We stopped, we shut it down. We played, we were able to play about 10 games, you know, in the fall. Um, but we have our softball Olympics, which is just absolutely mindless stupidity. Um, today was, um, team hide and go seek. Okay. Um, we had, we've had the egg toss, the donut eating, um, tomorrow is team karaoke, which is really just kind of crazy. Right. Um, right. you know, dodgeball. Dodge I want you to send me these now. I want you to send me some of them. I will so. send you our whole thing. I have video okay. of all of them too. All right. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we have gingerbread making, you know, during this time. Um, okay. So we have that. Um, we also have crazy sock day, you know, and we're, you know, we, you try to make it fun. As long as you show up and do your job, you know, we're, we're good. It's not, you know, that's what it really comes down to. 
you know, get it done on the field. We also, I think what really has helped, we tell them right up front, we tell them everything. We have a preseason evaluation form where we tell them what our expectations are. Not that you can't get above that, mm -hmm. but it could be, hey, I see you as my starting catcher and I see you hitting third and playing every game. But I also have done it where you are going to be my number four third baseman and you might not see an out. You can play on the JV team or you can be up with us because you might serve a pinch hitting or pinch running role. If you're good with that, I'm fine. And the player and parent signs it, you know, but it's, it's open to them so they can make that choice because you, you probably coach long enough where a kid that sits on the bench too much becomes a problem. Right. For sure. You know? And that's what we're really trying to avoid. And we're going, if all of a sudden they start to complain, it's like, wait a minute, we told you exactly what is going to happen ahead of time. Yeah. Coach, you mentioned real, some really good points. I, I do want you to tell us about something you guys do. I want you to describe it in detail. Give me something you guys are doing like, like either now, now your season is in the spring, correct? We'll our first game will be um, February 10th. That's right. You're, hey, you're California, man. The weather's good all the time. I'm in uh, right now. <laughs> we play our softball out here in the fall. I wish we did, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay. Well, because they finished their travel season nationals, then you can go into high school and then hand them back. We got to do a travel season. They got to shut down and then start again. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, tell, give me some fun things you're doing, right? Just give me one thing that you guys are doing so uh, our listeners can kind of take it and use it. <laughs> um, fun thing. Um, let's see. Oh, I actually took time to write these down. I'm still a pen and paper person. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the softball Olympics were good. Um, they, um, we have a Christmas party tomorrow, but okay. They have to go in some kind of Christmas costume, you know, so it's all fun, but it's, um, it's those kind of things. Um, but I also let the seniors design what they're wearing this year, the logos and all that kind of thing. They, so they all have buy-in, they all get their, um, their time to do it. Um, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's a daily fun, you know, fun kind of, fun kind of thing. Um, they, you know, they um, just going to have fun with each other all the time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the crazy socks. So uh, what is that? Is that like for games or, or what do you guys no, do? No, no, no. Um, it's, it's on different practice days, usually Thursday. Okay. All right. I mean, we've had things with um, that were, are just outrageous, you know, things stick out of them. They paste things to them. It, it's just <laughs> crazy. You know, they, yeah. Yeah. And for girls, that's great though. You know what it I'm is. saying? It just kind of lightens the mode a little bit. Uh, I know I'm way too serious, though. Um, well, and that's one thing when you talk about being too serious. My sister told me years ago, you know, she can yell at them every day. Yeah. Um, but being a being a male coaching girl, she goes, you can pick it up. You can yell at them two or three times a year. Pick them wisely. Good you know, and so when you're coaching girls and you're a, a male coach, they'll stop listening to you. You know, it's a whole different thing. Um, so I've, I've learned that and I've learned more is if they don't play well, just say, Hey, you know, I got nothing to say today and turn around to walk away. That actually does more, you know, than, you know, yell it at them because they'll, they'll just shut down on you. So it's just, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And uh, I think, the, I think another thing you can, you can get on them for play, you know, about third, but you better tell them everything they did right. Also, you know, you can say what's wrong as long as you tell them what they did right. Um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's those kind of things. They, um, and we do a lot with making sure they're student athletes. We, um, check their grades every, you know, and that's the one thing, as you mentioned about school versus travel, you right. know, make sure they have grades, make sure they, you know, have the right classes, missing assignments, all those kind of things. Um, but I know we're doing something right when this is the time of year where all our college kids come back and they all visit sure. school. And, you know, that, that's, that's one of the things. And we, do, we actually will have a, a team party for the alumni. They come back at Christmas time and with the new kids. So the new ones get to hear about the college experience and, you know, everything like that. So we try, you know, try to pass it on for generations. Yes, that legacy you're trying to build, right, Coach? Um, another thing is Norco, um, we were, you know, we're in, they, they put us in parades. We were in the Christmas parade not too long ago. Right. Right? You know, um, it's a small town. It's doesn't it doesn't belong here in Southern California. 
so there's you'll have games where the city council and the mayor are out. You know, everyone knows everybody. If you if you win or lose, everyone knows. You know, so it's it's that kind of thing that also helps the legacy. We're a, and for California, we're a real rarity that it's one school, one town. Right, right. Coach, and for being a small town, does that help you though to connect with the you know the second grader or third grader that has potential that you probably know a lot of these kids since they were young? Does that help? Is it that small? Um, oh, oh, it's that small. Um, because we'll actually take them out. Our kids will do clinics at the rec leagues and and things like that. So we were the last couple of years we've been at the the rec league um, opening day. Sure. You know, and 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 just things like that. Just to, you know, because I think giving back is also big. I mean, uh, we also try to teach. There's more than just softball. Right. You know, there's more to it. Um, like I'll have a kid that'll be hurt and she'll want to play, and I'll tell her I'm more concerned you can lift your daughter, you know, or your or your kids when you're, um, you know, when you're 30 than I care about you playing the next softball game. Mm -hmm. So it's caring there. And another thing that makes us, a, you know, is my sister, Beth, who coaches with me. She is mom on this team. She has two boys. And actually, it's really weird for me that my two nephews are dating two softball players. That just seems really, that, I mean, I think they're crazy, but uh, so, um, but she, she, she will yell at them. She will get on them. But mm -hmm. like when they come home from a dance. They have to actually take a picture of themselves in front of their house to prove that they got home at the at, at the right time. Right. You know, it's, it's like if 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 there's ever a problem. So we make it that family oriented thing. Mm -hmm. And we tell them our goal every year, we only care about five games. Everything we do is to win to win the five playoff games. You know, every, everything is to build for that. So mm -hmm. if there's a stumble, if there's a, you know, that's okay. It's just we are building. Here's our goal. Yes, it's nice to win every game, but you can't always do that. So it's just being prepared. We also try to make practice faster than any game and put them in situations that the big moments um, like we'll head off to Arizona for a tournament. And it's a pretty big tournament, you know, and it's a lot of teams from a lot of the Western states to, you know, give them that kind of feeling. Coach, I'm here. I, this, like I said before, it's my 30th year coaching. I'm at a new school this year. I wanted a new challenge to coach at a bigger school. And I know how difficult it is to build culture. Um, and I, I got to tell you, the other night, you know, we lost to the local rival school, which we have never beaten in 12 years. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm a competitor. I was really frustrated with that. And somebody came up to me and says, Coach, uh, a long time, a, a really good basketball coach says, Coach, I was watching your girls. They all cheer. I had 16 of them on the bench. They all cheered on each other. They competed hard. They ran on and off the court. We forget sometimes that culture is not the scoreboard. It's how we act. And I took a lot of pride in that. And that's, hey, we're moving forward in the right direction. Um, no, I agree. And that makes me think of um, last year we were at a tournament and we beat up, we beat up a team pretty good. But what the coach came over after, um, after the game and said what had impressed him more than anything was the fact that we put in some of our reserves and all of our starters were, you know, up and cheering for them louder than they cheered for anything else. And then he said, that's what impressed him more than anything else. They, they become a family too. And I think that, I think that becomes the biggest thing of all of it is you've got to be a family with everything you do. I love that. And one thing I learned from softball, I studied the Alabama women's softball program, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. Um, they have a term called Mudita yeah. and we, that's part of our culture here. We celebrate others. And, uh, and that's one thing i really learned. And I st started studying more softball coaches because I, I see, I, I watch softball teams. The one thing I notice is, man, they cheer each other on, man. And I, I just love that how softball, they interact with each other. It's different than any other sport. It, it definitely is because I mean, the, the, whether it's baseball or softball, you're a team in half the game, but you're almost an individual in the other part mm -hmm. you know, when you're hitting. So they're, but they're all. Coaches, this is Coach Matt Dennis, and I'm truly excited and blessed to join Coach Furtado on the Championship Vision Podcast. If you're a coach looking to get better at your craft, you're really going to love this episode. 
If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out other episodes on the podcast, as well as to head over to CoachMattDennis.com, where you can join my newsletter and sign up for a free trial of The Coaching Lab, where my goal is to help coaches find more success in less time. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to go around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The court cart court board package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on courtcart.com. Cheering you on when you're the one at the plate. So, um, but no, it's, it, they all root for each other to do the job. And um, I won't post any stats except for wins and losses until the end of the season. That's right. Because, uh, <laughs> because sometimes stats can be so deceiving. You know, when are you, when are you getting the hits? When are you driving in the runs or scoring points? When are you doing it? Is it in the, in the big moment or is it when, you know, in the mop-up time when nothing's on the line? You know, how do you, how do you do in the big moment? We have a, we have a stat sheet that is quality at bats. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a hit. Did you move a runner? Did you get somebody, you know, did you do your job? Did you, did you protect a runner? Did you um, even, you know, it could be a good at bat where you lined out to somewhere, but you hit the ball hard and you took them deep into account. So different things like that. So we celebrate all of that too. And we'll bring that up at the next practice that, you know, this was a good job for this reason, even though all the players are going to see is, oh, I went 0 for 3, but no, you had three good at bats. That just, that's kind of why they put a defense out there because sometimes they're going to catch the ball. What are some special stats on the defensive end? I, I, I'm, I'm an analytic guy. I love it. Um, you know, like, you know, what, what if, a, if a girl constantly gets and sprints behind a backup somebody? That's important. Do you guys evaluate that type of stuff on effort type stats on defense? Um, we, we do that. And when we do what we call perfect softball, where if they make a mistake, they got to run. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't back up, if you're not in your backup spot, that also counts as an error. A mental or, you know, if you don't go to your rotation, even though the ball might not be on your side of the field, you have to go to the spot you got to go to. Everybody is moving somewhere on every play. If you stand and watch, and we also will just replace you if you don't. We'll run and then we'll replace you with somebody else. I mean, for the practice, this is all in practice and things like that. So, um, but it's that kind of thing that you have, um, you want to make sure that um, they do those rotations because the one time you don't do it in a big game, it's going to cost you. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Are there any others that a little details like that, that a softball coach listening will go, Hey, I want to add that into my program that maybe he didn't or she didn't think about. Well, we, we, we have people charting, um, you know, basically everything. I mean, now my assistant coach, I can break down um, Dave, who's again, the one been with me all 23 years. Um, when I go into a game, especially if we played them before, I'll get something that looks like a football coach's offensive coordinator's call sheet on a hitter. He'll tell me if they move, um, but he'll tell me, are they taking, you know, as a hitter, are they taking the first pitch every time? Um, are they trying to wait too long for a pitch defensively? Are they not charging? We'd chart all that. Nice. We'll bring all those things up and not so much to, you know, to tear them apart, but Hey, we need this done. And this is, and we'll put it into the next practice to show them why we need it. You know, you get someone who's really fast. If you're not charging a ball, they beat it out. That could, that changes all the game. It may turn, might be the nine hitter that turns the lineup over into the top and just little things like that, that um, those kind of stats. But we also look at, does a pitcher walk somebody after an error? Or are they getting the out after the air? Um, is that is that a sign of toughness you're looking for? Or yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I, you have if sometimes you'll see a pitcher um, that if they get upset because an error was made, then they don't throw the right pitches, and now they give up a big hit or they walk somebody. They they've got to find a way to refocus also. Or if they give up a home run, what are they doing after that home run for the pitcher? Is it a walk or is it down the middle? Um, can you refocus what you're doing after you make a mistake? Because we tell them it's never the first mistake that costs you. It's always yeah. the second one. It might be the error, but it's the hit or the walk after the error or the second error 
that's going to cost a run. We can survive the, the simple error or the simple solo home run. I love that. I think a lot of coaches uh, maybe think about that, but they don't chart it. <laughs> and that's, that's special. Like when you chart something and you, you evaluate it and you make sure the kids know it becomes, it becomes more important. They know it's actually an important part of the game because a lot of times we talk about it, but we don't actually emphasize it. Is that true? Absolutely. I mean, and we, we push it. I mean, um, if we think you're weak at something in our workouts, we will almost, I don't want to use the word embarrassed, but it's like, we will focus, <laughs> we will hit it and hit it and hit it until it becomes just second nature. Right. You know, we will keep, we will keep making you do it. And then you see it and they so love it when they see it, um, you know, and it plays off at a big game, you know, and they see how it actually does work. They see that the little things work. Um, another thing we do, and I was talking to one of our local reporters today because it was football signing day and he was on campus for some of our football guys. Sure. Um, so again, I, I wasn't sure how we, you know, how we built this system. Um, so I was asking everybody that knew me, you know, what, what do we do? And he also <laughs> said, it's, our, it's how we prepare. It's our advanced scouting. Come playoff time. We have a coach in our program, and I got to say, once the more successful you are, the more people just want to join for things. But he's been known to drive a hundred miles to scout our to, to to be a you know the advanced scout for our next opponent playoff time. Nice. So he'll come back with video, and it'll all be broken down. And if we played them again, each player will then get a card of, hey, this is how they approached you in previous games. You know, so it's all those kind of things, and it's do you want to take the time to do it? I'm lucky enough that I have assistants to do it. And, you know, like, then the paper gives me credit for it. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, everything starts at the top though, because people want to, they want to play for you. They want to work hard for you. So uh, it's important who, who's leading the troops. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. I mean, and I think <laughs> it's really important that um, I would say I have two, two associate or co-head coaches um, along with me. But they also say they never want to go into the, you know, the administration meeting or anything else or have right. to talk to a parent, right. you know, unless, unless it's after a win and everyone's happy. Um, so it's those kind of things. So, but it all works. We all have our roles. And I mean, I was a college pitching coach, but my sister is actually being a former college pitcher. She is actually our pitching coach because you can't yes. focus. I don't think any coach can be the one that does everything. I see too often, too many coaches will try to, they want to be the hitting coach, the defensive coach, the pitching coach, and everything. And you can't do it all. You can't watch everything at one time. Right. Let's transition into that. Talk about on the field stuff now. Let's talk about uh, how you design practices. What is your what is your on-field philosophy? How do you guys play? Are you a speed team? Are you a power team? I, I'm really curious. <laughs> it, it depends. We've had both. Um I got to say over the last few years, we've had a great mix of speed and power. If I can, and I've been lucky enough to have, um, you know, really good speed kids, but we hit in the one, who hit in the one, two, and then nine spot, and then power throughout. And then you usually you're like your seven, eight hitters or your defensive players that, you know, you got to put in the lineup, but they may not be your best hitters, but, um, but no, it's, it's, you want to get them on, move the run, you know, move runners. I still play the old fundamental softball. I'm not the home run every time. Now we, we have a few kids that hit them. I mean, we have, we have one player who was state sophomore of the year last year. Um, she kind of broke every record we ever had at the school. Um, she was our first ever 50 hits and 50 RBIs in the same season in a 29 game season. Um, so, but we got, but our thing is we've got to get people on in front of them. So right. we want to get them on, you know, it's quality at bats, but our practice for that is we will spend at least half the practice hitting because if you don't score runs, you're not going to win. Right. So it's getting your swings in doing, you know, getting the hitting in um, our defensive is we pick one drill a day. We do that drill. So we don't go too long. And then we have a couple standard things we do infield outfield wise. And we'll adjust it to what the team does. But um, I think you've got to change as a coach to your personnel. You can't always make them fit you. Mm -hmm. um, like the last couple of years we've had, um, last year we had a rise ball pitcher. So you had to go to that style. Rise ball, curveball pitcher didn't have a great changeup. Before that, we had a, a down ball pitcher with a great changeup. 
-hmm. So everything has to adjust. You got to change your outfield when you have the rise ball pitcher and you got to have the stronger infield when you have the down ball pitcher. So everything has to adjust to your personnel. Um, I actually like the speed game, but it is kind of nice when they can hit some more home runs to, you know, exactly. uh, you know help you out too. But I like to run. Um, I like to put runners in motion because I think it actually, you know, affects defenses. And I like to hit and run and do, a, you know, the old, I'm still that old school softball um, style thing. Right, right. Give us an example. Give, give me a sample uh, of one of your core drills. I call it DNA drills. Like, uh, what is kind of describe for us, and even the basketball coaches and softball coaches are going to be listening. Give us a, give us one of your best drills. Um, let's see. We have one. Um, we call it just bucket drills, where you know everyone does it. It's an infield drill. It's just rolling the ball to them and just go through the fundamentals. But they but they have to attack it. Throw it off different angles. They're throwing off one foot. Um, they're throwing, you know, sometimes it's deeper. So you got to make the longer throw. We adjust as we go. Um, we have another one where they, um, you rotate, you have someone at shortstop, someone in left, someone in right, someone at first and someone at catcher and you rotate. So everybody has to go to every position. So you're using all the different skills, you know, where they move around, um, and you hit it to them. And I do have them all drawn up. If you'd like me to send those to you. Um, Absolutely. You know, so a lot of coaches would love those. Yes. We, um, and again, if you know the coaches, if they, you know, you can give my email or my phone number and they can text me, you know, but, uh, that'd be great and send things out all the time. Um, but the, our, our main drill is what we call perfect softball. And okay. we, um, we put a defense out there. Usually we start with our starting defense, but everybody goes through it, but we give the, we give the runners a 20 foot head start. So you got to throw the runner out in 40 feet. Hmm. So we make the game so much faster than you're ever going to do it. And you might, we tell them, okay, today's perfect softball is nine minutes, but every error, um, you know, you have to run from position, touch the end in the, on the center field wall, touch home plate and go back to your position. Yeah. Um, and we also set a number like, okay, if you're under four minutes today, you have to actually start the whole nine minutes again. So sometimes we've been known to make this happen 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And sometimes it takes nine minutes. So by the end, they really work, you know, to make the play and they feel comfortable. So you want to put all that pressure on them in this. Hmm. So they don't have the pressure in a game. We're trying to pressure them so much in this drill that game situation isn't going to bother them. speed and everything else. Cause I tell them if you throw them out by 20 feet in a game, they're still out. You so know, Rich, let me, let me, I don't, uh, let me just um, jump in really quick, trying to, trying to get the idea of this. So you put them in a specific situation, correct? Yes. And yeah. they got, they got to execute that possession or play. Right. Or, so, um, so we'll just start. I mean, it might be no one on base. Okay. But the runner going, I'll hit the ball just like a, you know, regular infield outfield drill, but the runner will start 20 feet ahead. They actually have to make the play and th still throw the runner out. They got to go through all those things. So now we put now if the runner safe, they stay on. We do it by inning, you know, and we'll move runners over. And they got to play. So every game situation, you try to put every type of situation. The outfield has to throw people out. So if you're a center fielder and you're trying to throw the runner out from second, instead of having to go 120 feet, now they only have to go 100 feet for you to throw them out. So it's 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 that pressure of putting them on. And we do set up situational stuff. Yes. Yeah, and you have like different team, different units, or how do how do you do that? Because yeah, obviously, I mean, you know, one team's trying to trying to beat them, right, or trying to make them oh, make yeah. mistakes. We we have two different, usually two different groups, but we rotate okay. different people in. The pitchers will rotate through, and every day it changes who's on which team, so you learn to play with everybody. Mm, okay. Now maybe the day before a big game, you're always going to go with your starting group, right. and then we always finish with the starting group. But we do switch them up because you've got to learn how to turn the pivot with everybody or, you know, throw into a different catcher. The pitcher's got to learn the, um, or the cutoff's got to learn where do they go? You know, what kind of arm does this center fielder have versus that one? You know, knowing your whole team um, and we'll switch in positions also because we have people that um, we might have a middle infielder that also plays an outfield spot. So they're going to play all those different spots so you can interchange most everybody. 
right? I'm actually trying to think how I'm going to do it in basketball practice. So I, I really love that idea, how we can make it. I mean, almost you have to, I mean, so in basketball, think about being a basketball coach now, Rich. So um, you would go, what, five on three to make it even more difficult and they got to execute. A, you might, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you might put a, you know, might put a five-team defense out there and let the three offensive people beat it. Or three defensive people beat the five offense to do the rotation. Right, right. Yeah, and they got to execute that absolutely perfectly. Now, are you guys really tough on actually every little detail? I'm sure you guys are. That, um, or, I mean, how, how do you guys, how do you, how, how do you coach that? I mean, um, what, what, what are you looking for? We'll talk about the detail. I mean, we're never, you know, when we say perfect softball, we're not going to make them, you know, it's, if it's a really aggressive play, they got to learn how to do that. That's not an error. You know, it's the stay back on the ball error that you run for. Or So we're really trying to get them to be aggressive, to make those kind of plays and really push forward, you know, yeah, and, and, and play with speed, but realize they can play under control and not have in the back of their mind, oh, wait, I got to run if I make a mistake. So because if you're if you're playing not to make mistakes, you're going to make them. So we're trying to take that part out of the game. What's the fine line there, though? That's a, that's a great point. Like, you know, like it's like in basketball, like we run the kid for making mistakes. I don't really feel that that's, that's what we need to do. Um, I, I'll send them over, have them work on uh, that particular mistake with my assistant coaches, then get them right back in so they learn. I, I try to take a positive spin to that. How do you coach? Oh, it's the same thing. It's all it's all positive. I mean, we're going to go, hey, you got to do this. It's never yelling at them forward or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they almost anymore we don't even have to tell them they decide what's an error they actually now decide okay if they think it's a mistake they'll just okay they drop it and go right uh, but no we we never pull the kid immediately after their error and we'll and we'll hit it to them and make them make the play again you know so hey you got to learn from those you're going to make errors we tell them that you know right, but that's right. our but we tell them at the end of the day well you got your conditioning in too so we don't we just don't go run at the end because they've got all of that either when they're running the bases in this drill or, you know, the little extra running. But most of the time when we do, even if it takes, um, you know, say 20 minutes to run it, they maybe run three or four times. Right. It's, it's not really that much because by the end, once they learn how to do it, they learn how to play at that speed. And that's the important part. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I think a lot of coaches are going to really get a lot out of that, by the way, coach. Um, hey, I want you to now, because I know you I know you have to go, and I appreciate you taking the time out. Talk about your national championships. Talk about, and I think, tell me if I'm wrong, 17, 18, 18, 19, was that correct? Well, your national, your national no, championships? Um, 18, 19, and um, 11, 12 were the nationals. Okay, 11, 12. Okay, all right. Maybe I read that wrong. I apologize. Hey, we, thought we, should, we thought we should have had it in 18, but. You know, someone else got it. Okay. Hey, um, what was the separators there? What was, was it just great team unity? Was it a, just a, an unbelievably skilled team? What got you to that level for those, for those teams? Um, I think it's a team unity that it's, it's telling them that everything we do is to build for that last, that playoff run and making it a team, but it's all the team fun. You know, we, we have, we, you know, there's always those little things of supporting each other. And that's, I, I believe that's the most important thing, um, you know, and putting it on them. It's like, you know, hey, it's up to you. You know, at the end, we don't play. You've got to play. Um, and they like each other. Now, there's always those years where um, with coaching girls, you're always going to have some drama on the team. Sure. Well, and when that happens, um, my sister Beth takes them into a, a player and one coach meeting. Dave and I have never been invited to that meeting, and we have never been told what happens in that meeting. Yeah. And I'm sure I don't want to know what happens in that meeting. But they come out differently. But she'll take them, and, you know, if there's a problem, she lets them, hey, you voice it. You say it now or it's gone. And, you know, you get your moment and she won't let anybody jump on anybody too bad or anything like that, but you got to get it out. And um, we've had that going into the playoffs. There's different times. So, but I think rather than try to say, I hope I, we get through this, 
It's when something comes up, you got to deal with it. Or in this case, Beth has to deal with it. Um, and you, you want to take advantage of that. But um, all the championship teams, they all have something different. They all come together at the end. Kind of like our 15, which was it wasn't a national, was just a section championship. But we started seven freshmen that year. And um, we had to tell the couple seniors, well, you know, hey, they're going to be tough in the beginning, but they'll grow into it. And they grew into a championship team. So it's, it's making those seniors, um, you know, have to kind of take care of them. Because right. one, of our, one of our seniors, um, Abby, who ended up playing, catching for Tennessee, she, um, all of her friends were the juniors and seniors who weren't starting. And she had a real tough thing, but I told her, I go, you know, if you want to be, if you want to win, we got to play with these kids and you got to almost defend them against your friends. And she did that. Um, and I think it's that kind of thing, but it's that fam, it's that, you know, coming together as a group and knowing those things. Yeah, coach. And I, I want to mention, uh, I coach at Walnut Grove high school, by the way, and, um, our softball coach is Stephen Foster and, they have a perennial great program out here in Georgia. A uh, lot of good, a lot of good softball players are out here at this school and uh, him and I are good friends. He's going to be listening to your podcast, trying to get some ideas, but uh, he, we were talking earlier in the year about playing time um, about how kids, you know, it's hard to keep kids happy for playing time. Cause a lot of, he has so many good players. How do you do that? I know you're stocked with good players. How do you keep, kids focus on the win and not themselves how do you do that because I know you have a lot of good players um well one is that preseason evaluation where we tell them and if you can accept it great you know you can grow into more um but we are very good I mean and every opponent you know you know one opponent um the line before you make switches may be four runs one maybe ten you know just by who you're playing but when we get a chance to get them in we get them in and we tell them, um, but we're also one of those that everybody gets the same work at practice. You know, it's not okay. You're my starting group now. I guess that's a little bit of a lie. Come playoff time, especially the later rounds, you might do a little more with your starters, but everybody gets a fair shot to be out there. And we go from there. To be honest, it's for me, it's never really the player. It's always the parent that I have to deal with um, because too many of them are living through their kid. And, you know, and if you really sit down and talk to the player, I'm going, okay, you really think you're better than this player. And they know the truth, you know, they'll do it. Um, but no, you, I think as long as you try to get them games and if you have one of the younger players, we'll tell them, Hey, JV's playing or Frost is playing, you know, this week and we're not playing or practicing that day. You know, why don't you go play at least get some playing time. Remember, mm -hmm. you know, and at least they get a play, you know, they get a play. Some, I mean, some always say, uh, you know, they think it's that, oh, it's, you know, I don't want to put the other uniform on. Right. But then, then they go down, they have fun. And, you know, because what we do, especially when it's a home game, we make all the varsity girls that aren't playing go down and cheer that group on. That's great. You know, so, and then, you know, they like doing those kind of things. So playing time is tough um, because I don't want anybody who just wants a jersey. I want everybody who is striving to be the starter. And as right. long as they're doing that, and you never know. I mean, you never know when someone's going to go down, get hurt, and um, you got to step in and play. That's why you got to make everyone ready. Yeah, you're right about that. And I'm out of program now because I, I always tell the parents at the beginning of the year, expectations, right, Coach? It's like I, I do coach the win. Uh, um, and I said, if you're a freshman, uh, if you're good enough, you'll start for me. And I have right now, I got um, – two freshmen, two sophomores and a junior starting. And I got some seniors come, just coming off the bench. I play, I play like uh, 12, 12 or, or more players. We were a pressing team. We play a lot. Um, that's the hardest thing, right? To kind of get the older girls to understand that, Hey, they got to play a role rather than, I think we overdo starting, right? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think basketball may be a little easier getting playing time. That's, true. that's because, right. Cause you know, we get, we get that, you know, the one one entry and one re-entry um but that's yeah. why again that's why i always want to tell them up front why we do it you know what we see your role is and if you're not ready for that role then maybe this isn't the spot for you 
Right. You know, I but I think honesty is the most important thing. Um, and let them make the call. I had a player who I just told her, I go, I don't see much playing time, if any, but if you're on the team, you got to do, you got to be at every practice. You got to be at every game. You got to do everything every player does. And she chose that, you know, I'm going off to college. I'm not going to play softball in college. So I'm going to go get a job. And she's still in my class. We get along great. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think she appreciated, appreciated that honesty. Um, but yeah, expectations for us every every year is is a title. I mean, that's what the that's what you push for every year. Right. You know, I mean, and you know, it's not going to happen. Like, I mean, last year was the first time we missed the finals since '16. We got knocked out in the semi. You know, right. but we only had one senior last year and only have one this year. So we're we're still a really young team. Right, coach. So my last question is this: What are your goals? For, the, for this year coming up? What are your goals? What, do you, what are you looking for? Kind of give us kind of a description of your team for all these coaches out here and around the country that probably don't know your softball team. Kind of tell us a little bit about your team and also what are your goals this year? Um, well, I mean, our first goal is to, um, you know, come together as a team. We're still working on that, you know, because there's a few new players coming in. Um, and it's to, you know, get better every day. You know, every day we go out to practice, get better. And then, of course, you want to win league, you want to win the title, and we want to win the three tournaments we go to. Um, but it's our our biggest goal is we tell them everything is to build for that one play, you know, that end of the year playoff. So um, it's all those kind of things. But no, I mean, I have, um, I kind of have a really good um, mix. I've got the three, you know, little fast slapper lefties. Um, now, I mean, the lead off, the lead off slapper who is incredibly fast, she still did hit seven home runs last year. So, you know, don't, don't try to just throw it down the middle to her, but, um, but then we've got, um, just huge power in the middle. Our biggest thing is our senior pitchers, um, is it, uh, she graduated with Oregon. So we've got two younger pitchers, um, one's committed to Arizona state and, um, one's deciding to be between about five power fives, but um, it's now stepping in. It's, it's, are you ready? Because we tell them it's a different, um, it's a different um, field than travel. It's a different thing because in travel, you're not praying in front of your friends that you got to go see the next morning if you lose. Mm -hmm. So it's just doing that. But the nice thing is the two pitchers get along great there, you know? Um, so that's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, but it's every game go out, um, like for my pitchers, we said it, no, no, no base runners first and first and seventh inning and no leadoff hitters. That's the goal for our pitchers. Nice. Um, you know, you always want no errors, um, but, you know, it's a limit of error. Make sure you where you are. And if it's an error, make sure it's an aggressive error. And then quality at bats. Um, we want, um, you know, no strikeout, no call strikeouts. And we want to limit, you know, every game like pop ups to three. And it's just, you know, you achieve those goals. And if they achieve goals, if they achieve those goals, they get ice cream. So they will work for food. Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's a simple things in life. It's a simple thing. You know, in the end, even though they look like young women, they are still just kids. They are still kids. No doubt about that. And I'll have more fun. Yeah. Have more fun. I want you to send me, man, I want you to send me as much as you can about your program. And I'm always learning, always, I'll pick out one or two things to steal from you. Um, hey coaches, how can how can um, coaches get a hold of you? Do you have are you on Twitter, uh, Facebook? Uh, North Ohio, the softball team has a Twitter account. Um, okay, let me let me look that up. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, where is it? You know, my my thing is I'm not that technologically sound. Um, it's at Norco, uh, capital N, and then O R C O capital H S S and then the rest of softball. Okay. Okay. And that's our Twitter account. Um, and they can also, if they just go on the Norco high um, school website, my, my address is uh, my email is there. Yes, sir. We'll have that. We'll have that for everybody for sure. And then if you know anybody, you know, personally, you know, if they, you know, I don't mind them texting me. All right. I don't, I don't take the phone call of people. I don't know. You know, if I don't know, I have yeah. my contacts, but if they text me, I'm more than happy to get back to them with anything. And, you know, again, I'm always learning. 
I always like to try to try new things. So, you know, throw different things out there. Absolutely on that. You're going to have a lot of coaches contacting you. I want to get you to come out here and play Buford and my school, Walnut Grove. And I, that, that would be cool if you can travel out here. I know it'd be tough. Maybe we can get a fundraiser for you, but that'd be great for a perennial power like you guys to come out. I mean, Georgia yeah, softball. Because we host a tournament out here, but again, we play different seasons. Um, yeah, oh, that's true. Forgot yeah. about that. But, uh, you know, I'll bet Maybe if, a the school, if, if the school would allow it, I'm sure my girls would have no problem, you know, going to Georgia. That'd be yeah. fun. I, I'm going to contact some people, man. Let's That'd see what we can do it. Yeah, just, you know, kind of growing the game, man. I, I don't think enough schools go out of state. I, I know you guys do, but, man, to have – that would really share the game. I know out here in the South, softball's growing like crazy, Coach. I'm sure you know that. It's, but it'd be great to have a California powerhouse. I mean, it, the, South, the South, I think um, – Texas in the South is becoming the best, you know, is really growing. It's got some great softball, you know, coaching travel also that, you know, get out there and um, seeing all how good those um, other areas are becoming. Cause Absolutely. when I first started back in the, in the late eighties uh, and early nineties, it was all Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Georgia, I remember I was going to Georgia at the time they didn't have softball. They just started softball and it, it was, it was some years ago, but softball is, yeah, hasn't been around too long out here. And I'm telling you, the improvements, the money being put in, the softball is unbelievable now. I've actually coached in two national championship um, tournaments, uh, one in Murrieta and one in, what is it, Columbia, Georgia, where the Olympic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, yes, Columbus. Columbus, okay. Yes, yes. And that's where, there's some great facilities out there. Man. That, 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 the, the, that was where they had the, um, the Olympic um, softball yes, stadium. That was a really nice facility. Yeah, they, that's where we hold our um, our final four at for okay. the Georgia High School State Championships out there as well. Well, so. you know, if, if you guys get there, I'll, you know, maybe just have to make a trip out to come see the final four. Yeah, I tell you, it'd be cool is to play out there in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, get, get like a, get the top teams in Georgia to come out there. Hey, I, I might have to set that up. <laughs> if you can get it set up and if I can pull it off, I'm more than happy to come out. That'd be great. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, just making us better coaches and sharing the game. So thank you so much. All right, anytime. You're very welcome. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happens. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. 
Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021.